Hi, my name is Jackie and welcome to After the Last Page, a show where I read books of all genres, some trending and some not, and I'll give you my unbiased reviews. Let's get started. Welcome back to After the Last Page. My name is Jackie and this is a show where I give you my unbiased opinions, which sometimes can be a little brutal. Now, today's book is Ayesha at Last, written by Uzma Jalaluddin. This is a debut novel, and the paperback form is 348 pages. This book is a contemporary romance, and it's Pride and Prejudice inspired with Muslim characters. Now, if that seems to suit your fancy, keep on listening for a short synopsis. Ayesha Shamsi is in her mid-twenties, unmarried, and lives with her family. Though her community would have expected her married by her age, Ayesha is more worried about her career. She's an aspiring poet, but works a modest teaching job to pay back her uncle, who funded her education. She's often reminded by her family that she's running out of time to meet someone, unlike her gorgeous younger cousin Hafsa, who's rejecting her hundredth marriage proposal. Ayesha and her cousin are nothing alike. Hafsa's family hopes Ayesha's maturity will rub off on Hafsa a bit, so they ask Ayesha to help keep an eye on her. Yet, when Hafsa doesn't show up for a planning meeting at the mosque, Ayesha finds herself covering for her cousin, and in turn meeting a handsome stranger with some curious eccentricities. When a surprise engagement is announced between the ever-elusive Hafsa and Ayesha's love interest, Ayesha has to try to be the mature, nurturing cousin she's always been, even though all she wants is to steal Hafsa's new fiancé for herself. If you guys would like to hear a short reading of this book, keep listening. Chapter 1 He wondered if he would see her today. Khaled Mirza sat at the breakfast bar of his light-filled kitchen, long legs almost reaching the floor. It was seven in the morning and his eyes were trained on the window the one with the best view of the townhouse complex across the street. His patience was rewarded. A young woman wearing a purple hijab, blue button-down shirt, blazer, and black pants ran down the steps of the middle townhouse, balancing a red ceramic travel mug and canvas satchel. She stumbled but caught herself, skidding to a stop in front of an aging sedan. She put the mug on the hood of the car and unlocked the door. Khaled had seen her several times since he had moved into the neighborhood two months ago, always with her red ceramic mug, always in a hurry. She was a petite woman with a round face and dreamy smile, skin a golden burnished copper that glowed in the sullen March morning. It is not appropriate to stare at women, no matter how interesting their purple hijabs, Khaled reminded himself. Yet his eyes returned for a second wistful look. She was so beautiful. The sound of Bollywood music blaring from a car speaker made the young woman freeze. She peered around her Toyota Corolla to see a red Mercedes SLK convertible zoom into her driveway. Khaled watched as the young woman dropped to a crouch behind her car. Who was she hiding from? He leaned forward for a better look. What are you looking at, Khaled? asked his mother, Farzana. Nothing, Emmy, Khaled said, and took a bite of the clammy, scrambled eggs Farzana had prepared for breakfast. When he looked up again, the young woman and her canvas satchel were inside the Toyota. Her red travel mug was not. It flew off the roof of her car as she sped away, smashing into a hundred pieces and narrowly missing the red Mercedes. 
Khaled laughed out loud. When he looked up, he caught his mother's stern gaze. It's such a lovely day outside, Farzana said, giving her son a hard look. I can see why your eyes are drawn to the view. Khaled flushed at her words. Ami had been dropping hints lately. She thought it was time for him to marry. He had a steady job, and 26 was a good age to settle down. Their family was wealthy and could easily pay for the large wedding his mother wanted. I was going to tell you after I'd made a few choices, but it appears you are ready to hear the news. I have begun the search for your wife, Farzana announced, and our tone brooked no opposition. Love comes after marriage, not before. These Western ideas of romantic love are utter nonsense. Just look at the American divorce rate. Khaled paused mid-bite, but his mother didn't notice. Her announcement was surprising, but the news was not unexpected or even unwelcome. He resumed eating. I will find you the perfect wife. Modest, not too educated. If we can't find someone local, we will search for a girl back home. Back home for Farzana was Hyderabad, India. Though she had lived in Canada for more than 30 years, Khaled had been born in a suburb west of Toronto and lived there for most of his life until his father's death six months ago, before Farzana and Khaled had moved to the east end of the city. Farzana had insisted on the move, and though Khaled had been sorry to leave his friends in the mosque he had frequented with his father, deep down he thought it might do them both some good. Their new neighborhood had felt instantly comfortable. From the moment they'd arrived, Khaled felt as if he had finally come home. There were more cars parked three or four deep on extended driveways, more untamed backyards in need of the maintenance that only time, money, and access to professional services could provide. Yet the people were kind, friendly even, and Khaled was at ease among the brown and black faces that reflected his own. Farzana neatly flipped another paratha flatbed onto her son's plate, even though he had not asked for more. The wedding will be in July. Everyone will want an invitation, but I will limit the guest list to 600 people. Any more is showing off. Humming to herself, she placed a small pot on the stove, adding water, milk, cinnamon, cloves, cardamom, and tea leaves for chai. Khaled's eyes lingered on the chipped forest green mug on the counter. His father's mug. Ami had used that mug for his Abba's chai for years. This was the first time he had seen it out of the cupboard since the move. Maybe his mother was finally beginning to make her way through the cloud of grief that had paralyzed her after Abba's death. There was so much of the past they did not talk about. Khalid was relieved that she was thinking about the future, or rather, his future. The idea of an arranged marriage had never bothered Khalid. A partner carefully chosen for him, just as his parents had been chosen for each other, and their parents before them, seemed like a tidy practice. He liked the idea of being part of an unbroken chain that honored tradition and ensured family peace and stability. He knew that some people, even his own sister, thought the practice of arranged marriage was restrictive, but he found it comforting. Romantic relationships and their accompanying perks were for marriage only. At the thought of romantic perks, Khaled's attention drifted to the window once more, but he stopped himself. The girl with the broken red mug would never be more than a fantasy. Because while it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single Muslim man must be in want of a wife, there is an even greater truth. To his Indian mother, his own inclinations are of secondary importance. Now, getting into today's review, I decided to rate this book three and a half out of five stars. 
Now, I am a massive fan of our good friend Jane Austen and her novel Pride and Prejudice. So I love a good Pride and Prejudice retelling, and I was excited to pick up this copy of Ayesha at last. This book is a cute contemporary romance between 20-something Ayesha and Khaled. Ayesha is an aspiring poet, though she spends more time teaching at a local school than actually writing poetry. Khaled works for a tech company, and he's very religious, following everything his conservative mother has ever told him to do. They're an odd pair, but so are our good literary friends Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. Now, I enjoyed Ayesha's character. I think she embodies what a lot of us feel at her age. She wants to please her family and make them proud, but she also knows she needs to pay the bills. However, she has her poetry dreams as well. Now, she doesn't tell many people about her poetry, and she hides that aspect of her so that she can be the older sibling or cousin that her family needs. While I found this to be sad, I relate to it. So, so often we need... We take on the needs of our families, right? People pleasing to no end, just to make sure that everyone is taken care of, but never really taking care of ourselves. And that's kind of what Ayesha is doing here. Now, like Ayesha, Kala doesn't want to cause any trouble for his mother, especially after his sister caused some kind of stir in the family when she was younger. To avoid causing his mother any undue stress, he walks with his head down, He wears specific religious dress, and he stays out of trouble. He's determined to follow all of her rules, including letting her pick out a bride for him. And that doesn't even really seem to bother him. While Ayesha and Khaled's personalities are very different, their roles kind of are similar. One of the things I really enjoyed about this novel wasn't actually the characters, but it was the sharing of cultural backgrounds. Ayesha and Khaled live in a community in Canada, but like many religious communities, it almost feels as if they're in a world of their own. I enjoyed the way the author was able to craft together some of these details as the environmental aspects become important to Ayesha and Khaled's characters. Now, I'm not very familiar with this author as this is her debut novel, and I actually came across it on a shelf in a bookstore, so I've never read anything similar to this before, um, but it caught my eye. Now, I guess the author writes a funny parenting column, and she is a teacher, and she does also live in Canada. My understanding is that she also has an appreciation for poetry, so I would say that she probably wrote herself into this book a little bit. Um, Obviously, I wouldn't know that without talking to her, but, you know, it is definitely something that I thought was interesting, as, you know, they say, write what you know. So I would say that I would say that this book is probably based on some very real aspects of the author's life. Now, I also enjoyed about this book that Jala Ludden wrote quite a bit about Khaled's character struggling with dim- discrimination at work. This happens all the time, but it's not something that we often see in plot lines, especially in a romance novel. So I like that she took a lot of time to address this issue which kind of makes it central to Khaled's character development as he grows and changes throughout the novel. But the essential problem with this is that I almost felt like it was too much. There were just too many things going on in each character in the novel. So 
as far as the novel being Pride and Prejudice inspired, while I enjoyed it, and I did think it was a cute story, I think it's a little bit questionable calling it a Pride and Prejudice retelling. I think Jella Ludden's marketing team might have done her a little bit of a disservice with that one, and I am going to tell you why. Now, I think this book is only loosely inspired by Pride and Prejudice. While there are a few details that fit the theme, much of the book is very different. We get the cute, it's a truth universally acknowledged line at the end of chapter one, but for much of this book, I kind of forgot that it was a retelling. First of all, Ayesha's character is so different from Elizabeth. While Elizabeth likes to break social boundaries, Ayesha only has ideas of breaking her community's boundaries. For the most part, she plays the role expected of her. She works. She works a modest job. And even though that's considered unusual for a Muslim Canadian woman in her community, and she does have a bit of an attitude with her auntie sometimes, for the most part, she's the responsible, mature cousin and sister who cares deeply for her family. You know, she spends a lot of time with her grandparents. She, even though she has some difficulties with her mother, she does truly care for her and she does want to help. And the same thing with her brother and also her younger cousin. So I saw some major differences between these two female protagonists that didn't really make or break the story for me, but I certainly didn't see her as Elizabeth. Elizabeth has a very different personality, and she sees the world in a different way. So as for Khaled, the only connection he really has with Mr. Darcy is his inability to share his feelings. I'm just going to be honest. He cannot share his feelings appropriately. He comes off as judgmental, especially upon his first impression with Ayesha. But in this book, it certainly seems like it's fueled by anxiety about doing something he's not allowed to be doing. Now, Mr. Darcy, there's a lot of complexity with that character and why he acts the way he is. And Khaled has reasons why he acts the way he does, too, but they're mostly issues with his mother. So, that being said, the miscommunication between Khaled and Ayesha is kind of spot on compared to the original Pride and Prejudice. So, I'll give the novel a point for that. However, the reason behind the miscommunication is different. Now, as far as the plotline details go, there were only two similarities that I could find to the actual Pride and Prejudice book in Ayesha at last. Now, the first was Hafsa's likeness to Elizabeth's sister, Kitty, and her journey with Mr. Wickham. Now, if you remember from the original book, Kitty is Elizabeth's younger sister, and I believe she's a twin, and she gets into a little bit of trouble when Mr. Wickham comes into town with his regiment. Now, Hafsa fits into Kitty's role. She also is a little bit flighty and makes some immature decisions. And she certainly doesn't understand the consequences of those decisions and how they affect her family, much like Kitty does in the original novel. So I do think that she really does fit that character well. Now, the other similarity I found to this book in Pride and Prejudice was Khaled's letter in the last quarter of the book. 
Like Mr. Darcy, he tries to describe his apologies in writing, though this letter is ultimately what wins Elizabeth over in Pride and Prejudice. And in Ayesha at last, Ayesha still has a lot of back and forth to do. So there is a little bit of a difference here, though the letter is a similarity. Now, overall, I think this book was cute. It was quirky. I liked it. I really enjoyed learning about Muslim culture through the plotline, and I think this book was a really diverse romance. We don't have enough books like this. We don't have enough books that show us what arranged marriage is supposed to look like. We don't have enough books that show us what different communities look like. And these are modern day things that are happening in our world that are not really portrayed in a lot of novels. So I did really enjoy the aspect of being brought into that mindset and seeing something different than what I normally would. That being said, I'm not entirely sure I would say I loved this novel. I I do love Pride and Prejudice. It is one of my favorite books and possibly my favorite classic book. So The retelling label that they gave this book kind of bothered me, as it definitely has quite a lot of differences from Austin's Pride and Prejudice, and there were certainly some aspects to these characters that felt predictable, Um, but in the same way, there were so many extra things that maybe didn't need to be there either. So if you love Jane Austen as much as I do, and you've read this novel, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you think it was worthy of being labeled a retelling? And how do you feel about the character differences? If you actually have this book, there is a reader's guide in the back of it with a variety of different questions about the author and some of the characters. So if you'd like to go ahead and discuss it with us, I would absolutely love to have you guys comment on our blog after the lastpage.com. If you go to the blog, you can see the entire blog post, my review, and there will be a comment section at the bottom where you can start a discussion with me. Now, if you haven't read Ayesha at last, the link for the, bl- for the book will also be on my blog, so you can go ahead and check that out as well. Now, if you're not sure what to read next, be sure to check out my latest romance novel review on Emily Henry's Book Lovers, and that one is also on my blog, and I do have another podcast episode on it. Now, don't forget to like and subscribe for notifications on new posts and new episodes. New book reviews and podcasts are released every single weekend, and during the week, I usually release a blog post as well. Now, this week's blog post was about literary canon classic books. So ironically, it kind of fits into this theme well. Now, I did have a request last week to start mentioning which book I'm going to do for the following week so you guys could read along. So here, if you're paying attention, um, my book for next week that I'm going to be reading is Agatha of Little Neon by Claire Luchette. Now, this one is also a debut novel, and I'm so excited to discuss this one with you guys. It has so many interesting, interesting stories in it. So, again, that will be released next weekend. So, go ahead and subscribe, and you will get notifications on those posts. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and this is the show where I read books, some trending, some not, and give you my unbiased review. If you liked this episode, go ahead and like and follow our podcast and our blog at afterthelastpage.com. See you next week.